0: Welcome to the Bless Our Mess podcast, dedicated to strengthening marriages, families, and mental health. Taylor is a licensed therapist that brings his life's work and experiences to these crucial conversations. Life has its way of getting messy, so remember to join us, and together we can bless our mess. Welcome back to Bless Our Mess. Uh, Today I wanted to take a, a few minutes... Just really quickly to talk about, uh, you know, a rising concern I have in in today's generations, which is you know the exposure and use of pornography, and kind of what we need to be doing as parents. Um, and I call it early and often. We need to be talking to our children early and often about, um, you know, the research findings of pornography, how harmful it is to um their mental and emotional well-being, their physical well-being, you know, the effects that it has on their on their brain, on their relationships and how it's uh affecting our society. So I I wanted to record some thoughts today on um you know how to how to start having those conversations with your children. Um because it's it's paramount, you know, and In today's society, it's not like um, a matter of if, it it definitely is a matter of when. When will they be exposed? And that's why I say early and often, like you need to be talking about that earlier than you would think. And that's some of the things that we'll dive into on today's episode. So, you know, first for parents, you got to understand that kids are going to be curious about sex and you know, that's normal. It's healthy. Now where they get their source of information regarding sex right now, that's a whole nother conversation, which is why we're recording this episode today, right? But it is natural. Eventually they become sexual beings they are interested in it. They have the urges for it. And so if our children are small, sometimes it's, As parents, we don't really think about that. We're like, ah, someday, you know, we'll have to have this conversation. But again, as we dive into the research today, you'll see that we need to have these conversations early and often. So sometimes this natural and and normal and healthy curiosity about sex can be hijacked easily um, due to pornography and the easy access to pornography kids have these days, right? And Viewing this is, is highly unrealistic and unhealthy um, depictions of what sex is. And it it doesn't even register on the same spectrum for teaching what real relationships and, and real intimacy look like. Right? It would be like you're wanting to... Uh, you know become a a pro football player so you're out there shooting free throws right it's kind of like those two are so those sports are so unrelated like you're not going to become great at football by practicing free throws you know i mean granted athleticism whatever but you get the point right pornography is not even close to a real depiction of a healthy and loving relationship and The sexual intimacy within that relationship. So, I mean, in an ideal world, our children would feel beyond comfortable coming to talk to us about, you know, what they heard in the hallways and, you know, the talk about pornography or the talk about sex, you know, in an ideal world, they feel comfortable coming to us. Um, however, that's not always the case. And there's a lot of layers to why they may not feel comfortable. Maybe they're scared to initiate a conversation. Maybe they are fearful of getting in trouble. Um, but really that kind of boils down to, I don't know how my parents will respond to this. So I'll just do my own research, right? Google can, can teach me what sex is all about. Right. And so, we definitely want to build up, um, a level of comfort with our children that they can approach us on this. Um, and my wife and I, we recorded an episode a while back about being an approachable parent. So, and how to make that happen, you know, the steps and and things that you can do as a parent to become approachable with your child. Right. And so, um, I would definitely recommend that you go back and and listen to that episode for more uh, how to on on becoming an approachable parent. So, again, in today's digital age, it is near one hundred percent likely that they will encounter porn. Now, there this is going to happen whether you've discussed it or not, which is why I encourage early and often. We're talking about these things. Um, so in an ideal world, again, they're coming to us, but you want your child to be able to come to you regardless and not the internet. So we need to empower our kids by educating them, you know, in, in an honest and ongoing conversation about the harmful effects of pornography. Right? So how do we have these conversations? Well, this is it, right? This is how we can at least start broaching the subject with our children, getting the conversation going. So I'll cover a few what to do's and a few what not to do's. Um, You know, in the first step of what to do is kind of set the tone, How, how envision how you want to start this conversation, right? Because setting the tone for this conversation will kind of set the stage for future conversations. You know, So we, we want it to not be this high stakes uh, conversation while also we don't want to be too casual. So it's kind of like, hey, let's have a conversation, almost a matter of fact, like, hey, here's what's here's what's kind of going on. That could be the tone. Right. So keep that mind in mind as you approach, um, you know, thinking or setting the stage for this conversation. The next would be prepare yourself. You really do need to educate yourself on the harms of pornography, um, right? Because it's really hard to teach what you don't know, right? At at that point, as parents, we we could hit the default because I said so. I don't want you looking at pornography. Why? Because I said so. It's like, no, but if you take uh, a few... Moments to kind of educate yourself on the research and the findings and how harmful it is, right? Then you can dive into some of that. Um, great resource for this would be a docu-series um, from Fight the New Drug. They have a docu-series that covers, it's called Brain Heart World. And you can go to brainheartworld.org for a free viewing of the docu-series. And in there, right, brain, it covers the first uh, documentary in that series covers the harmful effects of pornography on the brain. The second in the series is heart. And they relate that to relationships, you know, the damaging effects of pornography on relationships and then world. The damaging effects it's having on our society and our world. Right. And so in there, they cover a lot of. It's just pure research-based content. Um, and then they also have just personal examples of people who have recovered or recovering performers of pornography write their own testimonies on how harmful it is. So that would be an extremely helpful resource to prepare yourself for these conversations. And like I said earlier, you know, we need to, it needs to be early and often, right? You're kind of going, well, at what age should I talk to my child? And every family's, family family situation is going to be different, but in short, like the quick answer is, we need to be having these earlier than we think, because ninety four percent of kids have seen pornography by the age of fourteen. Now. In my experience, the average age, you know, and I've been doing this for years now, working with troubled teens and kids and, you know, things like that. The average age that I'm coming across of first exposure is between six and 10 years old. Now, you'll even have some outliers that are exposed earlier than that, you know, three, four five. So that's why I say we're probably needing to have these conversations. And by probably, I mean, we do <laughs> need to have these so much earlier than we think. And if we're having it earlier, it makes it easier for an ongoing um, conversation about it. Okay. The next would be time and place, right? Choose the right time. Choose the right place. Um That way, you're not being interrupted. It gives a chance for the conversation to unfold. Um, You know, this could be on a a long car ride when you're one-on-one with a child. Maybe it's a conversation before they go to bed, but definitely have it in a space that's really comfortable for both you and your child. You know, definitely a more private location is going to be preferred because then the child can... Feel like they can disclose things and not have to worry about someone overhearing what they're saying, which can help them feel more confident in in being vulnerable. So choose a a more private location, um, which, again, could uh, allow space for your child to um, ask questions, express themselves uh, openly. Okay, the next thing we want to do is create open communication and this is helping them understand the harmful effects of pornography but while also creating kind of that safe space for them to open up to you not just now but in the future where they feel comfortable knowing like okay this may not be a an issue for me or maybe i haven't been exposed to pornography yet but i know i now know my parent is approachable i can have open communication with them again go go listen to that becoming an approachable parent because it can definitely help you um, and help your child feel comfortable coming to you um because really the goal is we want them to feel comfortable talking to you about porn rather than searching for it online so try to make a point to be patient and understanding when when you're communicating about this um, no No matter what your child is going to ask. Right? So, um, right, just be kind of mindful of not just your verbal expressions of what's going on, but your non-verbals, you know. Um, like if a child opens up and you don't even say anything, but your whole body language just communicates utter disgust for what your child is saying, they will see that response and go, oh, I cannot talk to my parent about this. Okay, note to self, I will uh, keep this locked up, hidden away. I'll avoid these conversations all at, at every cost because look at the effect that it's having on, on my parent, right? Or those around me. So that's why I say uh, we want to open up the communication rather than, than, than close it down. So that's why I say be patient, and try to be understanding regardless of what your child is asking or what they may be disclosing to you, right? And I definitely suggest that it's a one-on-one talk, you know, with your child. Um, Having a separate conversation with each child, like if you have more than one child, I would recommend that you you try to do that separately with each one because most likely— they vary in age. You know, we've got a four-year-old all the way up to an almost 19-year-old, right? And so um, trying to have a blanket conversation with all of them uh, would would be very difficult if impossible to do because how is a, a four-year-old supposed to understand some of the information that I'm disclosing to the 19-year-old, right? So have the conversations one on one, and we definitely want to. The next one would be layer the discussion. We want to not try to cover everything all in one conversation, right? We want to give bits and pieces. It's a it's a progression, right? Not just an event. Like this is an ongoing thing that we want to establish with our child. So, um, layering it, you know, disclosing a little information. Hey, I learned this today you know, or just kind of checking in, Hey, just a reminder, you know, anything going on at school, whatever things you hear in passing, like we're here for you, you know, things like that. That way they don't feel like they're trying to get a drink from a fire hose. You know, we don't want to blast them with so much information that they become overwhelmed. We want to present them with enough to where they can go and process through and kind of digest and internalize that information. Because then then they will be more likely to recall that in the future, in the event that they are exposed, it will decrease the likelihood that they will develop um, compulsive behaviors or addictions to pornography. Right? But again, I think the more you know as parents about the harmful effects of pornography, the easier it'll be to add that to the conversations in the future. So that would be definitely part of the process is continuing to educate yourself on the research and the, and the data that they're finding. Um, which leads into the next one, right? Support this conversation and your plan of talking about pornography. Back it up with science, right? That way it's not just going back to that. Well, because I said so, I don't want you doing it. because porn's bad, right? Like Is it those things? Yeah. Do you not want them to? Absolutely. But with my experience, when children understand something fully, the request that's being made of them, they're more likely to follow through, even if they don't necessarily agree, right? Like, hey, here's why we do chores around the house. And they're like, oh, okay. At least I understand it. I still don't want to do them, but at least I understand it, which makes it easier for them to actually follow through, right? So, um, you know, cause as parents, we can, we can try to set up filters on our browsers. We can try to set up all the parental controls on their smartphones and all of these things. We can do that. Um, but they spend time outside the home and maybe not every child's, um, access to electronics is as safeguarded as yours is, right? Like they might go to a friend's house who doesn't have the same security measures, right? Or that just in passing. Like I've had um, clients talk about how just walking through school, there'll be an airdrop. Someone just randomly airdrops pornography, right? And so it's kind of like, whoa, we're not gonna be able to filter and protect them from it, right? We have to prepare them for it. So, and we want to be able to make that just kind of part of our family plan, right? Like if you were talking to your child about, you know, the harmful effects of alcohol and drugs and, you know, how it could lead to lung cancer or an overdose or long-term like addiction and how that will mess up their life or even sometimes death, you know, we're able to That's part of our plan, and so our family plan, right, of like, hey, here's what we do. We're instilling some of our values as parents and as a family in these conversations, right? So we want to do the same around pornography and really kind of alleviate any feelings of this is a taboo topic, because then when you can talk about it, that's when you can start to emphasize the family value, right? So when my wife and I had these conversations with our children, I let them know that, you know. I obviously provide them the, uh, the science and and the data of things, but I let them know that it's not a true depiction of love and intimacy and things like that. And how we value, you know, fidelity, um, you know, honesty and loyalty and like things like that right now we're incorporating a larger belief system and, and backing it by the science of the research of how this Pornography could potentially undo or destroy the foundation that we're trying to build. Okay? The next one would be allow your child to kind of react and absorb uh, what's going on. Um, now, as you can imagine, a child or your child can respond to this conversation in multiple ways, right? Right they anywhere from disgust, maybe defensiveness or silence and you know any of those responses could indicate that they've either been exposed to pornography or maybe they're struggling with viewing pornography almost you know approaching compulsive behavior type stuff or maybe they just feel so awkward uh they don't know what to do or it could indicate that they haven't even seen it at all right so Just kind of giving your child some space to react. Um, That's going to, again, help them feel more comfortable approaching you about it. But no matter how your child reacts, try with everything in you to stay calm and make sure that, that they know why you're talking about the problem right? Or talking about pornography because sometimes, you know, when we're going into this, it's going to be a very serious and kind of heavy conversation sometimes. And that's why I say, try to make it matter of fact, but you know, if it's appropriate or whatever, sometimes humor and laughter will go a long way. Right. And it can definitely disarm, um, maybe their defensiveness or disarm that awkwardness, making it a little more comfortable, which could definitely create a bonding moment between you and your child. And maybe not so much about, you know, the pornography and being approachable, but just kind of like, wow, I can, I can trust my parents with pretty much anything, right? That's where we want it to be. That's the bond that we want to be made. So, um, We definitely want them to know that if they might be struggling with the porn or they've seen it um, and we don't want them to feel like they're going to be punished or judged for bringing this stuff up. Right. So, again, reminding them that that this is a safe conversation. And as parents, we're just trying to help uh, support them in the ways that we can, which is the final step. Be supportive. You know, if they disclose that they have been exposed or maybe that they are struggling, try with everything you can to respond with support and love rather than anger and punishment. Okay, They need to know that you are on their side to be there for them, to, to support them in the way that you can. Um, that way they can have, you know, advocates and, and people in their corner to help them with the struggle or overcoming it. And, and that's where you can, like, just continue to provide them with ongoing education on the harmful effects of pornography. So, I mean, whether they're struggling with it or not, they, they need to know that you support them, right? So, which would then lead me into some of the what not to do. <clears throat> the first and foremost, do not assume as parents that your child is exempt. Many years ago I recorded a, a video um like learn from my mistake, right? So this was before I was ever a therapist and everything like that. But the video was titled Learn from My Mistake because this is what happened, right? <clears throat> I didn't assume they were exempt. I just thought we have every safe measure in place. But yep, sure enough, the curiosity kicked in. One of our children um you know, Google searched and whatever. And so we had to have a, um, a conversation, you know, once we discovered that there was this search and fortunately for us, it was a one-time thing. And as we had the conversation, um, we found out that, that our child overheard conversations at school about sex and, you know, things like that, which piqued curiosity. And clearly at the time, We were not approachable parents, (laughs) um, at least in the eyes of our child. And a lot of that just felt, you you know, due to a a sense of shame or maybe they were fearful of how that we would uh, uh, react to it. But when we discovered it and had this conversation, um, that's when they really go, oh, it's okay to come to mom and dad, right? So that's why I say learn from my mistake, hence the reason why we're recording today's episode that way you can do this stuff so your child um, doesn't fall victim to the negative effects of pornography. So don't as- assume they're exempt. Again, the average age is between 6 and 10 of exposure, right? And as this uh, statistic noted earlier, 94%, 94% have been exposed by age 14, right? So the likelihood that your child is of the 6% is very low, right? What's the likelihood that your child's one of, you know, six that haven't been exposed? So, man, I can't emphasize it enough. So don't assume, right, that they are um, exempt from this. Uh, And be careful don't really uh, assume that if they're viewing pornography, that it is an addiction, right? Um, Because an addiction is where it ends up consuming your life and, and, and you will jeopardize your entire life, you know, to get the thing. So people that are addicted are viewing it in the workplace. They're viewing it in public settings, right? Where they run the risk of, of exposing themselves in the workplace and and in public and right which will result in legal issues and things like that right they can't maintain steady relationships blah 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 right basically the addiction is it causes significant impairments in my life compulsive is i really struggle not viewing pornography but i am able to not view it to the point where it completely and utterly destroys my life right so that's why i say don't assume and don't overuse the word uh addiction um just kind of ask them how they would describe their struggle with pornography right let them kind of define it and then you can kind of help shape that definition as you have these conversations because they might be like oh you know it's a habit It's a compulsion. Maybe I have a problem or I struggle with or it's a challenge for me. And they may even say it's an addiction, right? Like, But what I'm trying to get around is we don't want them to box themselves into the idea that, oh, I'm an addict and so this is how the rest of my life is going to go because at that point they kind of lose steam and motivation and energy um, to try to battle, right? So definitely don't want that. The next thing to avoid is shaming. Shaming is not going to help whatsoever. All of the research indicates that it does the opposite, right? And so when I say shame, shaming is when someone will either intentionally or unintentionally um, cause the person or elicit feelings to cause the person that... um, that they've done something wrong, that they're a bad person. And as a result, someone who feels shame will interpret that as like, I'm unworthy of love because I've done something wrong, right? So it's important to keep in mind that shaming someone that struggles with pornography, um, again, it does the opposite, right? If they feel the shame if they feel guilt, they will avoid the thing that that triggers or elicits the shame and guilt so if they are struggling with this and they know that you're completely opposed to it and that you're going to be upset by the fact that they're viewing it well guess what they're going to start to avoid you because they don't like the feelings of shame and if they're around you and they feel shame then right they're going to go okay avoid mom avoid dad like Go just be with friends as much as I possibly can, you know, and sometimes that does happen and not intentionally. Sometimes they just feel shame because they they feel like they know better, right? And that's where, you know, they're their own worst critic and which is why I say they're already beating themselves up. There's no point in shaming them. At that point, life is, is, is doing its thing and teaching them a lesson. And so at that point, they need some support, right? Because when shame happens, it definitely discourages any attempts of recovery. Um, it, and it can easily break trust um, in the in the parent-child relationship. So definitely don't want that. Um, and I think another thing to keep in mind, you know is that most people who view pornography uh may not have chosen to do so in the first place right they may have seen it by accident like i said to to the uh earlier about the one child who just had airdropped stuff to them right that was on accident or the airdropped you know an attempt of being forceful to see something porn- pornographic um maybe they were exposed to it at such a young age they had no idea what was going on but It still kind of sparked an interest, you know, so keeping that in mind will help us avoid anything of shame. And finally, it, it would be, you know, be patient with yourself as parents. If your child has viewed pornography or is struggling with pornography, it's really easy for us as parents to go, oh, I'm a failure. I failed them. I'm such a horrible parent. I should have protected them, you know, things of that nature. Be patient with yourself. Have a little grace with yourself because it's going to be a learning curve for all of us, right? But that's why everything about this episode is early and often because if we're having it early, it becomes just a normal conversation that isn't emotionally charged it's not this high stakes right like they become comfortable talking about uncomfortable conversations. so if we're not at that point don't beat yourself up at parents it's just kind of going okay here's our starting point and this is where we will do you know we can build off of this we'll start having more regular conversations you know things of that nature okay so Thank you so much for being with us today. Go check us out at tailoredtherapy.com for more parenting approaches and courses on on helping to raise mentally strong, emotionally resilient, self-reliant children, right? And that will also help with becoming an approachable parent. So thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next therapy Thursday. Thank you for joining us on the bless our mess podcast. We hope this episode has added value in your life and the lives of your loved ones. Don't miss out on future episodes by subscribing, following, and reviewing the show. Remember when life gets messy to join us and together we can bless our mess.